Protestants worship God through their spirit-filled worship services, fellowship, and Bible studies. Catholics worship God through their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house who fight over who God loves more just because he gave us different colored rooms. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. But it doesn't have to end this way. If we want to beat the enemy, Protestants and Catholics must join forces. But how? Stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are the same. We are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. There are 120 million Protestants and Catholics in America. Imagine if we stopped fighting each other and started fighting the enemy and his evildoers. Imagine if we all pointed in the same direction, back towards God. Imagine if we started voting for laws that align with God's laws. What would happen? We believe that God's hand of protection and favor would heal our land and bring us back to one nation under God. We like this idea so much, we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians share shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their lives and what happened next. Grab your pen and paper because in the next few minutes, you're going to learn how to increase your faithfulness, your fruitfulness, and your fulfillment in God's kingdom. Let's go. Today, my featured guest is Maria Spears and Mary Catherine Wathen, and these ladies are powerhouses. We've been chatting offline before we got started here, and I'm telling you, I'm almost tearing up with just laughter and fun. It's ridiculous. It's the morning. I'm drinking my coffee, and they're making me laugh. Like, who are these ladies? They're going to tell you who they are. They're going to tell you what they do, but God has put a calling on both their lives, he took them from their own pursuit out in the world and success, and they achieved worldly success. They're bad assery women. And now, the rest of their life, they're given to him, and they're bringing more of God's daughters back to him the way God brought them back to him, right? So that's what they're up to. It's a big calling. They're going to tell you about it. Maria, you're up first. Give us a little, uh, fill in some of the gaps in the intro. Like, what, what's your history? What's your backstory? You used to be a world-famous singer. Tell us. Awesome. Well, first of all, thank you so much. It's just such an honor to be able to, you know, just share some of our stories and to, um, gosh, I feel like we're all in the same, a very similar mission, which is exciting. And so background, I was raised Catholic um, as well. I got involved in the music industry pretty early on. I started playing out when I was gosh, started when I was probably middle school and just kept on my whole life. So played um, with a country band for a long time, played with uh, classic rock, blah, 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 did uh, just kind of all of it, jazz, and then praise and worship and kind of got involved in in that aspect of music. Um, so I've done it, I guess, kind of done everything when it comes to that, did a lot of traveling. Um, faith has always played a big part in my life to some extent, whether I was in, you know, knee deep in the secular world of music or whether I've been in Catholic music, it's, it's been all of it. Um, and to me, that's just kind of the space I hang out in just the air I breathe no matter where and, um, loved it. Always had been an entrepreneur my whole life. I've never worked a nine to five job, <laughs> just didn't want someone telling me when, when you could go to the bathroom and, uh, take that break. And, uh, just love really have loved the, um, the freedom of that and the, the ability to, kind of use all the gifts I think that God has, has given me, um, to say, how can, how can I bring that into the world? And so, um, went to Catholic university and I've, uh, lived in Nashville for a really long time. I currently reside in Charlotte, North Carolina now, um, kind of bringing it back full circle circle. Mm -hmm. Um, I have, uh, abandoned women's ministry that I traveled with for a long time as well. So I did a lot of speaking and a lot of coaching and mentoring for women in that process. And um, now life's getting ready to change again. And I'm getting married later this year. 
Super excited. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. And we'll see what it looks like moving forward. Started a company with Mary Catherine, who will get to meet with MK that we're super excited about, um, where we are just kind of Trojan horsing, uh, bringing goodness, truth, and beauty to the world. And I'm going to let MK share a little bit more on that. But super excited about all these changes and just seeing where God's going to take it all. So Maria, <laughs> thank you for being on the show. You know, it's awesome when you hear someone come on and God allowed you to conquer a certain area of the world, right? To conquer the business world, the music world, I should say. Uh, you've done everything. You've gone to the top, right? You conquered it. You're like, what else is there? Yeah. You know, what else there is there in this worldly uh, pursuit to really satisfy me, yeah. right? And sometimes God allows us to get to the top of one of those verticals and see that it's kind of empty yeah. without him. Right. And he wants to give you all the desires of your heart. Right. So mm -hmm. we're going to get into that story and, and how God did that and what you were doing, what you resisting and running from him and he's chasing <laughs> you. Right. And you're like, not yet, not yet. I got more to conquer, God. You know, we'll get into that. Um, but first, let's turn it over to Mary Catherine. Mary Catherine, who are you? Tell us about you. What you doing? You got pictures of kids on the wall behind you. You got a family. Go ahead, call in some of the guys. Married to my left and my children to my right. No, I am Mary Catherine. And um, like Maria, we both grew up in, in Catholic families. But I really have a heart to bring all Christians together and, and have since I was a child. Um, so I've just always had on my heart this, this desire to reunite all Christians, say my own little prayer every morning for that. But um, so I have a history of working in corporate America for a Fortune 50 company for several years, and it was great to me. Um, and, you know, did my thing there. And then I was uh, married my college sweetheart, amazing man. We, we've had good times and bad times, just like all couples do. And it's really digging in during those hard times and clinging to each other that makes your marriage strong whenever the devil wants to make it weak. Um, so we, we've been through a lot, but it's all good and it's all worth it. And it's all um, a part of the pruning process to become who God wants you to be and not who, who the world wants you to be right. City of God versus city of man. And um, we have six children, but our first three children we had in a year, we had one and then we had twins and, and I don't remember those three years of my life. Um, but <laughs> I knew that I needed something other than children and started my own I opened up a monogramming retail gift shop. And so that was really fruitful and beautiful for a while. And it was abundantly clear about three or four years ago. I've, I've always mentored women since I was in college. I was super involved at University of Kentucky. I ran for UK, um, was just super involved there. Went secular, you know, no, didn't go to Catholic school, didn't go to Christian school. And um, just was really had an amazing experience. So, you know, even though you think it might not be possible, you can go to a state university and not lose your soul. You can actually speak to a lot of people there. I just think about, you know, I have people tell me all the time, don't ever let your kid go to a state U. And like, well, everybody's call is different, right? How do you, you can go and preach to the choir and find a lot of great people at, at a Christian school, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that. But think about how much impact you can have at a state U. You can, you're preaching not to the choir. You are just trying to uh, plant seeds amongst where they've never heard. They they don't, who is this guy, Jesus? They don't even know, right? They don't even love themselves. So it's really powerful what you can do. And, and I had um, just a, a great experience at UK. And then we have these six kids. And so I've ha I've worked in corporate America. I've owned my own business. And then it was abundantly clear about, you know, three or four years ago that I was to work with women full-time and to leave that, like you said, the worldly success and just give back and how can we make impact in the world. And, and um, it's really through through that um, human formation that we are doing at West of Perfection and through really helping people with just their mental state where St. Paul tells us to be renewed by the renewal of your mind and take captive of your thoughts. We hear that, but what does it actually mean? And practically speaking, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. And so we really teach how you do that. Yeah, that's awesome, right? My coaching is called blow up rocks because men like to blow up things and we got rocks in our heads, right? But rocks ah. means rocks means head trash. So it's the same it. thing. It's the same thing, right? It's taking your thoughts captive, but how do you do it practically in your life? Because most men and women live in their heads 24-7. And that's the battleground of the enemy where he wins every single time. The battleground of God is in the heart. Jesus resides in the heart of man, not the head of man. So when you change the battleground and move that battle to the heart, 
man, you beat the enemy battle after battle after battle. Eventually you win the war, right? So that's what we teach. So I really get you and what you're both up to. It's fantastic. All right, let's get into your story. But before we do, I want something embarrassing. I want something embarrassing, okay? Tell us something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. What do you got, Maria? Oh, my goodness. Gosh. Um, something embarrassing. Come on. We know you're not perfect. Let's go. <laughs> no, totally not. Um, uh, gosh, this is totally on the spot, and I'm trying to think. Mary Catherine, you got something about your best friend? You probably have something for me. Yeah, uh, well, Marie is such a private person. I try not to share all her things. I'll let her share them. Share something. Think about it. And you want me to go first? I'll let you think about it. Go for it. Yeah. I'll totally admit everything. I was a stage five clinger. If you've ever seen Wedding Crashers, I was a stage five clinger to my husband. I mean, I stalked him. I knew his class schedule. And I took classes at the University of Kentucky that I didn't even need to take so that we could be in the same class with like 350 people. Oh, I found him. I would stand out. I, we lived like we, there was a, you know, in college, they have these old houses that they turn into apartments. Mm-hmm. So they divide like there could be three different sets of apartments in the same home. So we actually lived in the same house and mm-hmm. he was in the front half and I was in the back half. No, we did not live together, but we um, lived in the same house. So. I would like stand at my window and I could see two streets down when he would be coming and I would suddenly go out, go out and go for a jog. I was a big runner, you know, Still you're all dressed and ready to go. Oh, man, I had my little cat shorts on and I'd be out there running. Oh, oh, okay. I mean, stage five clinger right here. Guilty. Knew his schedule, knew everything. Totally. All right. BC Nation. Who are all our stage five clingers out there? Chase a man. It is, you know, you are worth it. You are worth so much more. So anyway, I was totally a stage five clinger. Hmm, guilty. You not know, you're, you're telling girls not to do it, but then it worked for you and you're married to him and you got six babies. So like, you know, the funny thing, what I, why I liked him was because what? at the end of the night at the fraternity parties, when everyone would go home with their girl, he never did. And I was like, mm. this guy's different. He's, He's different. waiting to see me in the morning. I bet you. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. But okay. you know, when you do live virtue, take note that people notice. That's right. Right? The gospel needs to be witnessed in your life. Right? Mm. That's what people are looking for. Authentic Christian living. Like the who are the people you ever preach is the yeah. life you live, right? That's it. Maria, we stalled think- long enough for you. Come on. We did. Thank you. Thank you for the stalling. Um, I think kind of along alongside that just popped in my head was um so i had never played golf before in my life didn't care for golf nothing um guy I was t- super into and i just so i started studying everything i could about golf learning all the things so that way that way when we actually had a conversation which we hadn't had a conversation i was going to be know all about it and it was obviously when the first, like, he's like, okay, let's go golfing. Like, we'd love to take you with. It was not a good situation. So my, <laughs> what did we learn? Don't try to like cram for a sport just because you're into a guy. Bad option. You know, this is like, this is like learning the textbook theory of a right. subject versus application, right? So oh, you yeah. knew it in your head, but you, you didn't know how to play the game oh, no. and you put yourself in an embarrassing situation. All right. I've just learned a lot about both of you ladies and so did BC Nation. So thank you for that. That was awesome. All right. Let's get into God. Okay. Like God's been up to something in each of your lives. They call him the hound of heaven. He pursues us, but in a good way, not a stage five clinger, Mary Catherine. That's not God, but God pursues us, right? With love, his desire for his children to be with us, connected with us, and and really to watch us come fully alive, right? With the calling and plan he has for our lives. Maria, let's start with you. Tell us about um, the first time you ever experienced God in a real way, like a relationship way, like a punch in the heart, like, oh my gosh, he's my dad. He's Mm -hmm. got me. He's a good father. Like, Mm -hmm. this isn't just like me reciting some prayers. This is like a real relationship. Can you tell us that story really quickly, please? Yeah. So I, I think that there's two that really stand out. The one was super brief was honestly, my first communion was, I remember just that moment 
I remember going back after receiving my first communion and, you know, even as a kid, like there was something extremely powerful in that moment that I experienced, um, of like, oh, well, there was like, this is the person of the, like, he's a person and, and it just hit, but I think probably the one that was way more powerful later in our, later in my life would have been, um, I had just gone through, I mean, just a crash course of all the most painful things in my life and had, um, had been dating someone very seriously. We were talking about getting engaged. We broke it off. Um, my music teacher who I had been close with was still taking lessons from even, um, was murdered. Um, my, uh, cousin died from a drug overdose. Um, my dad walked out on my mom. Um, and it was literally like, boom, 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 boom. One thing after another, after another. And I remember going, and it was right at this time that I was living with two of my best friends in Nashville and, you know, we got the, had, they had gotten this idea. Um, and that's a whole other story, but let's start this band and women's ministry. And I remember going and sitting in adoration and just sobbing saying, Lord, like, how can I actually speak of your goodness when I don't believe it? How do you actually want me to bring this when like, I have nothing, nothing to give. Like my heart is so broken and so destroyed. And I had this moment with him where like, I got this image of, of my heart and it was just broken open and blood was just, I mean, out everywhere. It was just mm. everywhere. And, um, and, and I heard the father say like very, and it wasn't like an audible voice, but it was very much like, and, like Maria, you know, your, your heart is broken open. That's true but it's, it's not destroyed. When I allow hearts to be broken, then it's so that that blood actually becomes lifeblood for you to love more and also for you to receive more love mm. that I don't put, I don't put hearts back together. They're not meant to be together. They're actually meant to be open. And, and it was kind of this moment of him um, really inviting me into this space of like, okay, wait, even in the midst of this, that, that he's my father. And it took a while through that process. I mean, I used, to, I literally was going to the adoration chapel every single day and just sitting and crying. And I had nothing to say to him in those moments. I, I, you know, I was so angry and so, in so much pain, but it was that process of little by little, just going and sitting with him and letting him sit with me in it, that eventually it, it just became this concrete created space of wait, okay, even in, and even in the midst of, and even because of like, he's my father and, and he's in that space with me. Um, and I think it, it was, you know, really, I think humbled me. And I think it also really um, created a different space of, of my identity as his daughter and him as my father. Um, and it, I think, set a whole different precedence of my relationship with the Lord. Because prior to that, I think there had been, there had always been some aspect of relationship with him as father, but you don't really know who he is until you're actually in the valley with him. And so I would say that uh, was probably one of the most impactful um, experiences of finally getting to know who 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 is my father. Mm, thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. The way you put that, or the way God revealed um, what He was up to in your your life in your heart, uh, absolutely beautiful. I've actually never heard it before said that way. Mm -hmm. um, you know that the world wants to break and destroy our hearts. Yeah. God wants to break open our hearts, and that's a major distinction. Yeah. And the reason why he wants to break open our hearts is so that he can stretch our capacity to give love and to receive love, mm -hmm. right? We pray, God, let me uh, impact more lives. You know, let me bring your, your message to others. And he's like, okay, but I got to grow you. Yeah. And in order to grow you, I got to stretch you, and it's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Right, I got to break open your heart so that you have more capacity for my love pouring into you first, yeah. so then you could be a spiritual reservoir into the lives of others. Right, mm -hmm. and so really beautiful uh, testimony. Thank you for sharing that, um, Mary Catherine. Don't try to compare now, okay? I'm just saying, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but but Mary Catherine, when was the first time you experienced? Uh, God in a real, almost tangible way where you just knew undeniably, he's my dad. He's got me. He's faithful. Tell yeah. us that story. It's, uh, you know, I don't know if it's, it's the first or the most powerful, but I, I think too, just to Maria, like growing up in, in a great family and being given the gift of the sacraments. I think when you're a child, we don't really realize how much God's grace works through our lives through the sacraments. And I think I always 
would feel something in the sacraments and just know, and, and again, being at a state university, there's so much temptation and such a lack of Christ out there, but I was always faithful to the sacraments. And I think that kept me grounded. Not that I did plenty of things. I'm not proud of plenty of things, way more than Maria, not that we're comparing here, but you know, I think that all like that's God's grace, keeping you back, right. Keep keeping you grounded. But, um, you know, I, again, I think it's in the valleys, like, uh, like Maria said that we really see the work of the father. Cause we're, when we're on the mountaintop, we have this ungodly self-reliance and we think we did it, man, we're getting, we're, we're killing it in the business world. It's actually all him, but we don't need him like we do when we're broken. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, my husband and I have been through, like I mentioned previously, just, I mean, like any marriage, some really hard times. It's not because one of us did something that was really horrible. There was no like cheating and no, you know, gambling or anything like that, but it's just life. Life will bring you hills and valleys and things happen. And I think that I had, because I was a stage five clinger, a disordered, um, like I had my husband, uh, we say God's first in our life, but do we actually have him first? And I would say, Will was first in my life. And it was through a really difficult time that I knew unapologetically I had to change that priority in my heart, you know, in my head, God's first and I'm doing my prayers and I'm going to mass and I'm doing all the things, but in my heart, I, I wasn't talking to God first every day. I'm talking to Will first. And so it was just beautiful. I would say, I will walk through the fire all again in order to be where I am today. And, you know, you know, when you're going into a fire and since then I've had several other fires that it's worth it because I am being pruned and refined to have that greater capacity to break open. And Maria always say, we always say that God doesn't use us because we don't even like that word of use, but he makes, he allows us to be a conduit of his grace in people's lives. And if we want to be able to make that impact, we have to be less of us, more of him. And we have to be more pointing. Everything we do should point not to us, but to him. And it's just through this time of complete brokenness, whenever my husband wasn't able to be what I wanted him to be, that I knew without a doubt, there was nothing, I have no one, right? Like I have no one except for God. And I remember going out on a run in my running days, still running, ran five this morning. And I was on a run and, and I, you know, I think God allows these things to happen of, I look in the clouds and I swear, I see the face of Jesus, probably my imagination doesn't matter. And I'm just bawling. Like, I mean, I remember calling Maria, calling you and be like, these people that live in this neighborhood think, think I'm completely insane. There's a woman running, reaching for the sky and like bawling my eyes out. And I just like such a powerful moment that I will never forget. I know exactly where I was knowing I have got you. I have you and I love you and you're going to get through this and it's all okay. And I just, from that day forward, came home another five months of really hard stuff but had a peace that this world cannot give because in that moment I knew like, this is, this is all okay. And everything we go for is not wasted. It's for a reason. And, you know, and, and I think too, in having children, you, you appreciate the love of, of a parent. You Matt, you see that baby. Uh, my favorite thing to ask a new parent when they have a baby is have you ever been so in love? And, you know, if, if God loves us 10,000 million times more than we love our child, how is it even possible because you see that little baby and you just want to smooch their face off all day long, you know? So we keep having them. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that kind of gives you um, just some, some powerful moments in my life that have really been impactful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, I couldn't help but laugh as I'm hearing you share parts of that, how you were a stage five clinger uh, pursuing your husband and you got him. If only each of us would become a stage five clinger pursuing God. Hmm. Everything would be different, right? That's how you put him first. Like earnestly seek him. Like earnestly. That's stage five clinger right there, right? <laughs> um, so I really like that. It's bringing some levity to it. But that's what we're called to do. And and I think you were very honest and vulnerable, Mary Catherine, about how many uh, spouses put their spouse ahead of God, Um in their life. And then many parents put their children ahead of their spouse, which uh, is also a major, major mistake. Um, And we, 
And then if you know if you're single, well then you're putting yourself ahead of God, like you're sitting on your own throne or God's throne, and you're playing God and taking the credit on the the mountaintops, like you said, saying, "Look what I did," and self reliance versus God reliance. So God allows, you know, for everybody out there listening right now that you wonder, why does God allow suffering? Well, Maria already answered that question. Press rewind. He's trying to break open your heart. Yes, because you got a heart of stone like I did, right? You've been hurt by others. You've hurt others, right? You're guarded. You're shielded up. You won't let anyone in. You won't let him in, not into that wounded place. And that's exactly where he wants to go. Because when he heals that, then you get to participate in the work God's doing in the world. But he can't allow you to participate until you're fully healed. Because God doesn't send out like, well, I remember in my own life. You know, I'm like, God, send me, send me, send me. And it's just like, son, I can't send you yet because you're going to hurt people. Mm because you're a hurt person. Let me take your wounds first. Let me heal you so that you're a healed person. Then I can send you and you can heal people with my power. Like that's a game changer. It's a game changer. All right, so Maria, going back to you, where have you resisted God in your life most? You know, I I think this this whole journey actually into, probably into, so I, I love being single. Like I've had an incredible, if I look back, I'm like, wow, like I freaking lived. <laughs> and there was, you know, there was a lot of, uh, there was actually a lot of intentionality behind that. I was living with two of my best friends in Nashville. And we had this moment where we're like, all right, we, we all do desire to be wives and moms, but like at this point, this hasn't happened for us. So you know, how can we use this time? Well, so how can we still not sit around and get cats like other others are doing and no offense to those of you who have cats and dogs, but we literally had this. No, time. no, take offense, take offense. People too many cats is a problem. Okay. <laughs> we literally had this have nine. Oh my gosh. We had this moment where we're like, all right, guys, we're not getting cats. So instead we're going to like get a ministry instead or something. And so we, uh, it kind of became the joke, but, um, I think this, honestly, this journey from singlehood into even now being engaged was, it's been a really painful, it, there's been a lot of joy and a lot of beauty, but it's also been a, a very big pain point as well. And I think, um, for me, kind of the resistance has been this process of, learning to both there, there's a tension between here's what we desire and here's where we are and having hope for something that can be that isn't yet and in the process having trust that you have a father who has good for you in that and and so i think some of that resistance has been this back and forth like god i trust you i trust you i trust you and then ah no i don't let me take it back let me take it back let me take and, and, and this back and forth of open hands, I like to call it kind of that, that fiat space of, okay, my hands and my heart are open to what God wants. And at the same time, okay, I do trust Lord that you do grant us the, the desires of our hearts, but sometimes the process of that looks different. Sometimes the timing of it looks different. Sometimes when it comes, it looks different, you know, so all of these different things. Um, but it's because we have a father who wants better things for us than we want for ourselves you know, and he does want to bring good. And so I think some of that resistance for me has been this process of, of really a, a work of both holding on to hope and trust in the goodness of who my father is. Um, even though that process has been a painful journey, you know, into this, I mean, I literally thought this point in my life, I would have been married with 10 kids. I really did. Like, I knew I wanted to do, do music. I was, did that. I worked in fitness industry, wanted to do those things and went to town on all of that. Um, and then I thought I would get married very early on and, and that's not been my story. And at the same time, I, it's been this kind of battling with the father of, okay, this is what I really wanted, Lord. But at the same time, I look back and, and, and I can say, especially now, wow, this was all so necessary though, 
to be able to have a beautiful marriage. This is so necessary to get to this point, but it has been a, a battle with the Lord of, I trust, I trust, I surrender. And then no, 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 I will, let, let me do it my way. And so it's just this, this, this journey, you know, back and forth of, do I trust that my father is good and wants to give me good things? Um, because there's a lot of things that get offered where it's like, no, he's withholding from you, you know, going back to the garden. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah. So I would say that's probably been that journey of surrender and hope in the midst of not. <laughs> I think millions of us can relate to what you just said. Mm. It's that back and forth. God, I love you. But if I'm being really honest right now, I don't trust you. Totally. I trust you with all these areas of my life, but not this one. This is mine. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was my business, my money, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just couldn't let go of that. Mm-hmm. And even if I did, it was only temporary. And then if I didn't like the way God's doing it, I disagree with it. It's Jesus, take the wheel. And <laughs> now Joseph, take the wheel back, right? Because <laughs> I don't like what you, where you're going. And then you brought up a good point, which is like, sometimes we don't like the actual result or what the desire looks like when God brings it, but it's actually better for us. And I'm going to use my mm-hmm. wife as an example, because I was dating a whole, you know, litany of girls at the time. And uh, my wife was the one that I was not, uh, I was the least attracted to because she wasn't my type. She wasn't my type, right? And and I was used to dating girls with a lot of dysfunction because I had a lot of dysfunction, right? So when my wife, when I first met her and I'm dating her before we were married, obviously, uh, she occurred just boring and ordinary and earthy. and uh, But it was actually, my brain was so jacked up that she, she was emotionally healthy and my brain was calling it bad negative things. Because I didn't know what emotionally healthy looked like, if that makes any sense. So then mm-hmm. when God said, no, she's the one, now drop all the rest and 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 date her exclusively, like, um, I didn't want to, man. I'm like, I don't like this play here. I disagree with this. This is not going to work out well for me. And uh, But it did. And it turns out that she was the one with all the wife qualities that my heart truly desired. And when I gave her a chance and I gave her a shot and I stopped making her wrong for being emotionally healthy, um, I started to see how beautiful she actually was um, and then fell in love with her. And then my eyes shifted from dysfunctional lens to seeing true beauty. And then I was very attracted to her, right? And God created this beautiful marriage and beautiful babies. So I just share that vulnerable story with our listeners because that's what it can look like. Like at first when God delivers his faithfulness and his promise, you're like, that's not what I wanted. And he's like, trust me, this is what you really want. That was one of the prayers I started praying um, quite a while back was, was Lord, like, I know that there's got to be blindness on my heart and in my eyes in different areas. And I just give you permission to remove those, you know, whatever that looks like. And that was honestly, probably one of the most transformative prayers I've ever prayed. Yeah, that's I teach that. That's called the surrender prayer, right? You surrender the thing you're holding on to or whatever's yeah. blocking, and then you give God permission to remove it from you because he's the ultimate gentleman. He waits for permission, right? He knocks on the door and waits. He doesn't kick in the door, right? That's very important to understand. And then you actually believe he's going to. That's the third part. You believe he's going to take the thing, right? By your faith, you've been healed. Right. When you put those three things together in a, a simple prayer, transformative. God is faithful. He'll take the, the thing you're dealing with. All right. Mary Catherine's nodding over there. She's like, when do I get to talk? This is ridiculous. I'm used to talking all day. I have things like, to say. I have things to say. Come I'm on, not- Mary Catherine. Where you've been resisting God. Let's go. Well, I do have one thing to say that I think is so beautiful that you just talked about was like you had this pattern of dating um, dysfunctional women. And I think that it's so important to realize that the problem is not the problem it's the pattern. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that said before. And it's like, you keep showing like so many women we work with, well, it was just this guy. And it was just this guy. And it was just this guy. And he did. And I'm like, no, you're no. just in these patterns. I just love that you recognize and speak about breaking the pattern and being able to look in the mirrors anyway, super powerful. Well, I didn't do that on my own. Like, uh, Maria, I sat in silence with God every morning for an hour a day coming to know him. And he went in and broke all those patterns, all those rocks, all that head trash. You so when you get, I showed up. That was my part in it. 
right? And, and if any listener right now is wondering, how do I come to know God? How do I get clear on God's plan for my life? There's one simple step. Show up, sit quietly, and just be with him. Be still and don't know that he phone. is God. What's that? And don't bring your phone. Don't bring your phone. Oh, but I got Bible verses on it, Joseph. Yeah, it's a it's a distraction portal as well, right? Like it's bring an actual Bible. physical Bible, people. They still sell them. Let's go. <laughs> Be at your house tomorrow, Amazon.com. All right, Mary Catherine, stop stalling. What what, okay, what you've been resisting it, God? Know, Let's go. You know, I think it's just like just like healing is a constant journey and everything you're in in your life, it's not something that like it's a one and done. It's not like, oh, I've, I've, I've now have come out of this resistance here. It's a constant, you know, um, deeper call and a deeper call. And so I think there's areas of my life where I have had resistance and have opened the hands and, re- and given that. Um, and, and really with, you know, just like you talked about with, with financially, I'm like, it's all God's anyway, you know, I've, I'm there. I didn't used to be. I wanted to control this and make Same. sure we have enough and we have all these kids and, you know, I don't need to live like some crazy lifestyle, but I want to be able to have this and this and this. Um, and, and in my marriage, I feel like I've, I've totally given that to God. And, you know, something I'm really currently working on is giving my motherhood. And I think, you know, it's, um, I don't feel like I'm a controlling mom at all, but I don't think I appreciate the gift of motherhood. And I think, you know, when you have a lot of kids, you can take it for granted. I actually have a backstory of having infertility. So be careful what you pray for. God will bless it. Um, but I think sometimes I don't appreciate, and I've, we've been talking about this recently, just that these children are a gift. They're not ours. We don't get to just decide, you know, I think we, we almost use our children today of like, well, I've decided right now it's time for me to have a baby. So you know, now's the month we're going to get pregnant. And then people get so frustrated. They're not pregnant right now. They don't even allow God to be part of the story. And I'm not telling you, you need to have six kids or you need to have 16 or you need to have two. But what I am inviting and and something that I think is so powerful is for God to be part of that. It's not just husband and wife decide we want our boy, we want our girl, we get our vasectomy. It's that you bring God into that conversation and allow him to move your heart. And I think because we have been blessed with a lot of children, I have resisted Um, just that God has given me these children as such a gift to rear and to know that the only thing that matters is heaven to get to heaven. And how can you make an impact on the world and how do I teach them to have that relationship and not just go through the motions, if you will, but know that like, you're going to mess up, you're going to make mistakes, but God is there. And there's always an opportunity to grow in virtue and everything so I don't know. I, I think I have really seen motherhood as a chore and as a job rather than as a vocation and a gift. And I'm mm. really, gosh, I'll get emotional about it because he has just really shown me just in the past month of how it's a gift. And yes, it's a lot of work, but it is a gift to be able to have these souls and to raise them. And just to see life through their eyes is just powerful. And they will humble you and your older kids will really humble you. Little people, little problems. You're worried about boo-boos. But now we have teenagers and they will humble you. But you just, we still have a two-year-old. So he'll make me laugh all day long, you know. And so just to realize that their gift and that he doesn't want you to see this as a chore. And he doesn't want you to to see parenting is is it's just, it's work, but it's good work and it's fruitful work. And that, you know, it's, it's so important for us to pour into them and to see them as gift and not as chore yeah. and, and to do the work and do it well. You know, I have a lot of friends that want to still go out every Friday and Saturday night. I don't have that desire. Um, but I think sometimes I have just seen it, if that makes sense and just resisting the gifts that God has given me. Yeah, I get that. BC Nation, do you ever feel like you're a burden to God? You know, do you ever feel like you're a chore for God? You just have so many problems. You create so many problems. And like God's busy with other kids. Maybe they're better kids. They're the older prodigal brother and you're the prodigal son. You know, do you ever feel worthless, right? Not good enough. 
Like sometimes we show up like that with God and that's why we'll look at our own kids as chores and burdens and problems because we feel that way with in our relationship with God. And God's trying to teach you that to to him you're a delight. Mm-hmm. Like God is absolutely fascinated watching every detail of you. The same way a new mother or father gets that when they look at their little baby. And they're like, oh my goodness. Like my wife is fascinated with baby toes. It's ridiculous. You know, they're the cutest things ever. They're like little alien, (laughs) you know, appendages. Right. And like, but she's fascinated with every detail of our children. And for us to actually take the time to say, okay, if I'm fascinated like that with my children, well, why wouldn't I believe why would I resist believing that God is absolutely fascinated looking at me because he made me? So you got to get there. You got to believe that for yourself first before you can ever believe that for others. Right? That's very important. And I think you're going through that transition right now, Mary Catherine. God's like opening, revealing that. What he's really showing you is not that just that your children are a gift, but you as his daughter are a gift to him. And, and he's revealing that right now actively. And the more you see it in the kids, the more you see it in, you know, your relationship. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think something that I've always keep in mind is like, I love to work. I love it. I love the work that I do. I've always loved it. And that's stage been five worker. Let's go. I do. It's like everything I do, I'm going to do 300%. And I think the key to life is balance, you know, no extremes, but it's going back to that triangle that you talked about of being ordered of God, then marriage, marriage above children, people, then children, and then work below that. And it's like, I constantly come back to don't let the good of your work because we do good work and we're putting good work out, but don't let the good of your work overtake the grade of your primary vocation of daughter of the King, then a wife, then a mom. And that's just, you know, when you love what you do, it can overtake you. The enemy will use the good to get to the great. And so that's just been a, it's been a, it's been a challenge for me, but I'm really trying to be open to keeping work when I work and then pouring into my children. Listen, Mary Catherine, stop trying. That's the problem. Stop trying. Just decide. Just choose to give it all to God. Right? Like, God, I'm addicted to work. I'm a workaholic. I know I was. I used to work 110 hours a week. I had to give God that rock. Like, yeah. say, God, I surrender to you my addiction to work. Even though it could be used for good, it could also be dangerous as well. Right? It could take me out of priority in my triangle, right? The order of God. You know, so I give that to you and I give you permission to remove it from me. And if I never work another day in my life, hey, that's up to you. Like, when you're able to like put it at risk, the very thing you're clinging to, that's when you get free from it. You're no longer a slave to it. And that's what God wants for each of us, yeah? All right, so let's talk about, you know, west of perfection. Who doesn't want to be west of perfection? Come on. All right. Now, tell us what you're doing for ladies. Like, what what are you helping them with? What's going on here? Well, How, how is God using both you ladies right now? What do you okay. got? So... We have a company um, called West of Perfection. Check us out, www.westofperfection.org. And this this company was really formed because it, it really was divine. We worked together previously and we're connected, just a divine connection. It was so clear. And we knew that we all are so different. We are literally like North, South, East, and West. We could not <laughs> be different. We've all had the, the most diverse experiences that you could imagine. Our other two ladies are amazing. Um, we've gone from like, writing presidents, I mean, writing speeches for senators and being very in the political world and and being, you know, right, university culture, brilliant, brilliant women that we work with and um, to being like a top influencers and, and just having corporate experience and then, and then the ministry world as well. And so we really feel like, and we all independently have the same vision and we're brought together to help women learn how to practically, um, you know, I think we sometimes can over-spiritualize things and we have to remember that God became human first. God made man, right? Jesus is God made man. And he, if you go through the formations of, um, it's priestly formation of my spiritual director talks to me about this. He said, there's priestly human intellectual and spiritual formation. And they ask what's the most important. 
And it's the answer is actually the human formation, because if you're not humanly formed, you can't actually receive the love that God has for us in the spiritual and believe it. And so I think our culture doesn't do that anymore. And it was kind of naturally built in before to the family. But since the family is such a broken unit now, people are starving for actual formation. And so we bring very practical skills. We do one-on-one coaching. We do workshops for a team or a group and really bring practical skills of, you know, you can go to a motivational talk. That's great, but that'll last you till next Tuesday. And so we do interactive workshops of where you bring your pen and pad and we do it right then and there. Now don't go home because you're not going to actually look at this once you get home to kids or whatever it is that you have. And we make you work through it right then and there it's active so that when you leave, you actually have transition. We are not interested in your motivation and inspiration. We're inter we're interested in your transformation. Yeah. And so that's what actually makes it sustainable and it works. Um, so we practically applaud those, those St. Paul teachings of, you know, mentally taking, taking charge of your life and not, you know, when you set what we see a ton with women, a body image, 95% of women, I hate my, I need to lose weight. I hate my, I'm fat. I'm ugly. I'm not photogenic. And when you tell yourself that, it's like a slap in the face to the father. You know, personally, I'm against all this, um, you know, all the physical nipping and tucking and all these things that we go get done. Like God made you and we're not all the same. And how boring of a world would it be if we were all a size zero and, you know, bleach blonde hair, beautiful blonde hair and blue eyes. That's great if you're blonde hair, blue eyes and a size zero, but God didn't make us all like that. And it's beautiful. Right? You know, imagine if all the flowers on the planet all wanted to look like a tulip. Yeah. They're yeah. like, oh, I'm a terrible rose. I don't like my color. I don't like my petals. I don't like, I got thorns. I got thorns. This is terrible. I need to be a tulip. They don't have thorns. Like, I know we're having fun here, but this is how we show up as humans. We do, and it matters. How you God do loves variety. God loves variety. And so do men, ladies. Men love, you know, there's somebody different for all of us. So we really just talk into, we really help women with where they're stuck. We help with, um, Maria is a genius at emotional processing. I don't know if you want to tell a little bit about what you do with emotional processing. It is life-changing. Well, Mary yeah. Catherine, thank you for taking over my show and interviewing <laughs> my guest. Please continue, Maria. I don't want to get yeah. in the way here. Totally. Please stay, stay on the outside there. Um, but in all seriousness, we, uh, we've just found that the practical part of all of this, like I love, and this is something I think as Western perfection, we really focus on is if you're going to work with a person, you've got to work with the physical, spiritual, emotional, mental, you know, we, we, you, you're not in a vacuum with this, right? It's not, I can work all day long, long on the physical, but if I'm not also targeting the mental, the emotional and the spiritual, I will get stuck. You know, that's, that's just the reality. And so one of the things that we do, cause we, we are so big on the practical, we really have looked at when we are creating courses, when we are doing workshops, we're saying, let's look at the, uh, both the, the, let's look at the scientific, the neurological part of it, the theological part of it, the bio, we really are just taking in into consideration the whole person. And, and working with that. So there's a lot of very practical applications. There's one of the things that, that we've done with people is we take them through something called emotional processing. And it's the recognition that when we have emotions, if we have not learned how to process those, and many of us have not, then those emotions can actually get stuck in the body and cause dis-ease. And there's a great book, if you haven't read, it's called um, The Body Keeps the Score. And it's, it's a pretty dense read, but it, it dives into kind of the science behind that and, and why that is the case. Um, and then from, even just from a, a spiritual standpoint, there's also something called theophostic prayer. Um, it means light of God. And it's really inviting God into those spaces in our lives, those painful points, those emotional moments. And there's a whole process to it. And, and so we, we started combining, it's, it's not therapy or anything, it's, but it's really just inviting God into those spaces and really letting yourself sit in an emotion because it only takes about 30 seconds to actually process an emotion. Um, that's what a lot of the science says, give or take. But the interesting thing, I'm sorry, 90 seconds, not 30 seconds. Um, but the reality is that most of us will not sit in an uncomfortable space for 90 seconds. You know, we will do everything possible to avoid having to feel that pain, that hurt, that memory, that whatever it is, we will avoid like the plague. 
I mean, look at the phone, right? We're reaching on the phone or the phone every two seconds, distraction buffer. And so we've, we have found that taking people through, through this emotional processing has been a really incredible starting spot for them in their growth, in their human formation of just teaching them. It's a really simple process to, okay, let's just, let's process that emotion, you know, and, and see how that's getting in the way for you to live a beautiful life. There's so many people that have these goals and these dreams and they're wanting to go after them, but they keep staying stuck. And very often it's that combination of of both our thoughts as well as our emotions. And we know that if, if we don't process those, those emotions are going to come out in your life at some point in some way. So that's, that's one of the components that we tie in with, along with everything else that we're doing in this human formation space. And our real goal here, Joseph is really, we've worked with thousands of women and a lot of them are professional and they say, we need this in our, in our workspace. And so we have recently gone into companies and, you know, there's a myth that you can compartmentalize your professional and your personal life, but it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's really bust up on that myth. And, and I believe is the higher up you go, the more it, you're under a microscope and your weaknesses will show up, um, right? Because you have more stress. And if you're a jerk as the CEO, it's going to affect an entire company more than if you're a jerk as the cleaning lady, right? Mm-hmm. And so really we um, are, are currently um, partnering and, and bringing these workshops to companies so that the women can have it there at work to increase their, their personal and professional life, because we know that compartmentalized approach does not work. God made us body, mind, and soul. Cool. Cool. Let's go. All right. So ladies, you're listening out there. You want to, you know, really step up, level up your life. You got some issues. You got some rocks. You admit it way faster than we men do. Uh, you know, these may be the girls for you, right? Maybe you want to go west of perfection. Maybe that's the route for you. What does God have next for you, right? You got to take the step. You got to take the step. What's that one step that the Holy Spirit's putting on your heart through this conversation today? What is it? Is it to go forgive someone? Is it go to spend, you know, some time with God in silence and actually get to know who he really is? And let him heal you from the inside out because the therapy didn't work. The counseling didn't work. Is this something else? You know, I think I'm entitled to show five stage stalker how to pursue God effectively. <laughs> Clinger. Get, right. Get it right, people. Get it. Five stage clinger. How to cling to God when it matters most. We could do this all day, right? We're creating time. All right, let's start. We're going to go into my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round, ladies. Let's go. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. It's like a game show. It's just for fun. Are you ready? Ready. Let's, let's do it. Go. Uh, Maria, let's start with you. What's your favorite thing about God? My favorite thing about God is that he is so personal. He's Mary a father Catherine. of details. Father of details. Father of details. Yeah. What's your least favorite thing about God, Mary Catherine? My least favorite thing. Um, yeah. Come on. Be honest. Let's go. That he doesn't come down and tell us exactly what he wants us to do. Yeah. God, could you treat us like robots, please? Darn it. Make this easier. Give me the plan. Give me the plan. Make All right. Thing. Maria, what's your least favorite thing about God? Sort of similar. He doesn't show me the why. And I would just, I, I want to know why. I want to know why I'm a little control freak. God, like I need to know why you make decisions like seriously. All right. So ladies, I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of the human condition. What are you currently challenged with or struggling with right now, either professionally or personally, Maria? Balance. Balance. (laughs) With work, wedding, marriage prep, personal, I mean, all the things. So just working on the integration as more balls have gotten added to the court. Yeah, for sure. You're like, God, I know you got to stretch me because you love me. Can you stop loving me so much right now, please? (laughs) Mary Catherine, what do you got? Well, I just shared so vulnerably, but really just um, seeing everything as gift and just letting, you know, let it all go every single bit to surrender everything. I feel like I've surrendered a lot of my life, but really. Yeah. yeah. God demands all of it. Doesn't he? It's like 99.9. Not good enough. I not want enough. it all. I want no. it all. 100%. What you, Maria, what are you most afraid of? Mm. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I think not, maybe not loving well. Ooh. Yeah. Got it. All right, Mary Catherine. Let's say my kids losing their faith and not knowing how loved they are. Yeah, got it. What did and you? And what? I said by us and God the Father. Yeah. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year, MK? Way too much time doing working. Okay. Maria? Uh, probably the same thing, actually. <laughs> Workaholic syndrome, people. Let it go. Give it to God. It's, you're going to bust somewhere. What, do, uh, what secret fear do you have about people, Maria? Hmm. Oh. <laughs> he did that twice. <laughs> this is fun. I like stumping my guests. Seriously. Uh, can I phone a friend? Just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's right here. <laughs> exactly. Uh, MK, what do you got? We'll stall. I'd say just um, something. A, a fear is that people think they're not enough. And and I it hurts my heart for them. This living in scarcity that they're like, there's never enough. They're not, they're not pretty enough. They're not skinny enough. They don't have enough money that they are essentially it's scarcity in them that they are not enough and they're more than enough. So it just makes me sad for people. Yeah. Fear that they that. will never know that they are enough. Maria. I'd say mine is kind of the switch side of like, I'm just a fear of people not, not knowing that, that they're loved, like really mm -hmm. knowing that they're loved and cared for it and wanted yeah, I think they piggyback. If you don't feel you're ever enough, how are you going to feel lovable? Right? Really difficult to do so. All right. What did you wish you had learned sooner about God, Mary Catherine? That he really cares about every detail, every little thing. He really does. He really, and that his plan is way better than mine. Maria? I think I would have liked it to go from my head to my heart, just how good the father is. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, what's a new habit that you're going to create this year? Maria? Um, being a wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big habit. It is a big habit. What it looks like to really put, you know, have God and then put my spouse first. All right. Yeah. Let's go with the target of being a good wife. Yes. A holy wife, right? Yes. Not just a wife. That's coming. Yes, yeah. Exactly. All right. Mary Catherine. Um, you know, something I've been working on this year, Maria can give me a grade, but really simplifying, um, simplifying my life and um, not doing all the things, but doing a few things very well and taking out things off my calendar. Yeah, got it. All right. I'm going to switch up this question because we've got two guests. Uh, Mary Catherine, pick three words to describe who Maria is now. Light. Love. Enjoy. Got it. Maria, same thing for MK. Mm, generous, loyal, and all heart. Yeah. MK, pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God as father. You gave your life to him. Um, Self-reliant. Um, controlling. And prideful. Got so it. We're like related or something. <laughs> All right, Maria, how about you? From New York. <laughs> Those were a couple of the similar words I would use. Um, I would say uh, definitely self-reliant. Um, uh, like blinded. Um, and perfectionistic mm -hmm. get it and last question ladies if you could come back to life after you died look your family your friends your loved ones in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about god and relationship with him what would you say to them maria i would say take five minutes even every single day to just sit with the Lord and ask him these three questions. I would say, ask him to show you who you are, to show you your, your beauty, your goodness, and to show, show you who he is as his father and how he sees you. Awesome. MK, what you got? Yeah, just that I would say, 
you know, that, uh, most of what you're doing on your schedule that's stressing you out does not matter and just take it all off. Like we, we busy ourselves. How many times do, do you say like, does God, the father want to hear I'm busy and we tell him we're too busy for you. And it's, it's people first and, and who's the most important person and he matters and, and just, you will never have the time, but you will make the time for what you want to in life and just people first, God first take that stuff off your schedule. He doesn't, he doesn't need you to be so busy. It's not good for you or your family. All right, ladies, this is the time of the show where you get to give my audience a homework assignment. Maria, you already just gave one, three questions to ask. So make sure you do that, BC Nation. Uh, MK, what do you got? What's one action BC Nation needs to take this week? You know, I think so many of us live our life that the grass is always greener on the other side. You know, I would just be happy when I get married. I'll just be happy when I have kids. I'll just, look at them. They have the perfect family. And so, you know, we, the premise of our podcast is, is to water your own grass. So I would challenge you, the listeners of Broken Catholic this week. Where are you going to water your grass? Where does it need watering? And what are you going to practically do? Is it in your marriage? What is something kind you can do for your husband today? Like not just um, giving him a hug. What is something extra special that you can do for him? If it's with your children, find something in your life, a person, whether it's your children, whether it's yourself, do you need to just go spend time with the Lord and water that grass? And how are you going to practically do that this week? Awesome. And I'll just add to the watering the grass. Who in your life, BC Nation, do you need to forgive that you've been avoiding? God wants that forgiveness in that relationship okay so you got to let go of unforgiveness so many of us we're good practicing catholics and protestants and we haven't spoken to certain relatives or family members in years because of one thing they did that hurt us who is that person you're going to set free and in doing so you're going to set yourself free let's go all right uh BC Nation, do you love this show? Like, do you love guests like Maria and Mary Catherine that come on and just share their mess, share their vulnerability, share their hearts, right, on their sleeves? Like, do you love that? If you do, would you go write a five-star review? Go to brokencatholic.com or go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and write that five-star review. If I like what you have to say, I'm going to give you a shout-out live on the show, which I'm about to do right now for Larry Langston. Wrote a five-star review. He wrote, Does God Still Speak to Us? Totally enjoyed Joseph's interview with Terry. He has a unique manner of withdrawing the information his listeners need from the person he's interviewing. This keeps the program lively and keeps the listener interested and focused. Oh, geez. Uh, Joseph Warren is undoubtedly one of the best interviewers I've heard. I highly recommend his program, Broken Catholic. Thank you, Larry Langston. Praise God. He gets the credit. I'm just a broken instrument. You get it? Broken Catholic. Okay. Uh, go write your five-star review, people. Come on. Get a shout-out, would you? All right, ladies. How do... Our listeners, especially the women out there, find out about you, get in touch with you, connect with you. What do you got for them? Yeah, you can go to westofperfection.org and we have all of our contact information there. And then Maria and I host a podcast weekly called Girl, Water Your Grass. And we just talk about all the things. So that's free. And um, just we, we talk about all kinds of things, just like Joseph does here, just trying to spread truth, beauty, and goodness into the world and give you practical tips. Um, that you can become a better person and grow in virtue. Come find us. <laughs> All right, ladies, Maria, Mary Catherine. What, what, what? Thank you so much for having us. It's been great. So fun. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Ladies, I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your lives. Thank you. Thank you. Thank to you. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you wanna crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, 
then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.